Hello. Hi. Welcome, assuming you can hear us, to the <laughs> the Tabletop Call-In Show with Adam Bell and Jeremy Gage. We are here to talk about games. You're going to be able to call in about... Uh, if you've got questions about games or game design, if you want to tell us about a cool game or tell a story about something that happened to you in a game, next to a game, beside a game, whatever, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be fun. Uh, I think uh, you can follow the link in the corner of the screen to get access to the Discord where we'll be calling, you'll be calling in from. Uh, the process is there. You'll have to do a little bit of reading to get it right, but... Um, we tested it and people figured it out. So it has been playstormed. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, who are we? We should do a little intro of ourselves. <laughs> then go ahead. Oh, me first. I can't. Yeah. Look at, I, I really can't look. <laughs> You're at already you. talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just figured I'd give a, a second to maybe if you wanted to jump in. Uh, I am Adam Bell. I am a person that I, I go by he, him. I make some games, I think about games, I'll continue making games, I won't stop. Uh, you can find me at, at Adamy Bell anywhere, adamybell.games, whatever. Jeremy, what's up? Hey, how's everyone doing? My name is Jeremy Gage. I am the host of the Draw Your Dice podcast. You can find me at JeremyGage5 over on Twitter. Uh, come check out the podcast, but also continue to call in every week because we literally can't do this without you fine folk. I mean... I'm sure we could find something to talk about. No. <laughs> um, what you been doing lately, Jeremy? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been booking them. I've been, I've been booking all the guests, having all the interviews, sharing the knowledge with the world, working on the discord server. I'm learning a lot about bots right now. Cool. Uh, because they'll be our overlords and I'm working on kaleidoscope and I'm ready to take it to the danger room in like a couple days. Yeah, Discord Live preview of the game. We got to play it. I want to play the game. Yeah. I want. That's the game I want to play. That's why I'm making it. <laughs> nice. Uh, How about you? What have you been doing? What's been going on in your life, bruh? Well, this started working on this show this past week. I didn't do much. I didn't do much game anything this week, which was nice. Um, sometimes you don't have it, and you just got to acknowledge that. And be, instead of trying to push through it, just uh, just hang out. So I didn't do anything this week as far as games go. Is that exciting? Perfect. Is that good? Is this yeah. a good show? No, that's good. Rest <laughs> is good. Everyone needs to rest. Listen, everyone in the chat right now, Yeah. you need to rest. Yeah, because then <laughs> hopefully, hopefully next week, you know, I will get back to it. Instead of being burnt out, I'll be like, yeah, actually, I remember why I do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I just want to say thank you to Eldritch Mouse for the big vibe. Yes, Jeremy's outfit is a big vibe. We're going to read out, we've decided behind the scenes that we're going to read out what people are saying because we podcasted this and you could not tell what was happening because we did not engage with what was said. So thank you. I don't know how it's a big vibe. Feel free to let me know why because these glasses are coming off. <laughs> <laughs> They're hurting my nose. Yeah, I won't be taking my glasses off because I won't be able to see the screen to answer calls, which, as it turns out, we've got a couple of people in the queue. Which is amazing. Um, do you want to, should we go ahead and make it happen? 
Let's motherfucking do it. All right, I'm gonna bring the first caller in. Come on down. Hi, thank you for calling in to the Tabletop Call-In Show. Who are we talking to? If you can hear us. I can hear you. I can hear you. What an idea. I think we pulled it off. (laughs) We're here. We did it. It's the first successful not test show call. My God. Uh, You want to tell us? I mean, we know who you are, but do you want to tell us who you are and give your pronouns for the audience? Sure, sure. Sure. I'm I'm Spencer Campbell. I use he him pronouns. Uh big fan of the both of you. Very excited to to sit in and chat with you both. Yeah, we're big fans. I oh, I guess I can't speak for Jeremy. Uh we're big fans of you too. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy is actually like my nemesis. Oh, okay. True. I have many. <laughs> so how you doing? You got anything uh anything you want to talk about today? Yeah, what, what question know, you got for us, caller? I, I you know, I, I racked my brain with some ideas, and I, I have something that I want. Uh, I have a question based off of uh, a conversation that Jeremy and I had just a little bit uh, earlier, uh, before this. I want to talk about itch funding, which is the Ooh. phrase that I'm using because MV mentioned uh, itch funding uh, in the Discord, and I think I like MV's uh, term there. So, like. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about alternatives of crowdfunding and stuff like that. And there's always the option of, you know, going with Kickstarter or Patreon. We have those known entities. There's also Itch, but like Itch doesn't have all the tools we want. And I'm curious what you think about, uh, like, what, what tools or things would you like to see happen on Itch in particular to make Itch funding a more, a more conceivable idea, a, a more... I guess just a, a viable option in the first place uh, that, so that we don't have to leave itch as a platform. Because I think itch has a lot of good things going for it. A lot of us are there already as a community. So what are some things that you'd like to see added to itch that could allow us to do itch funding rather than hopping, hop, jumping ship to a whole new other thing? You looking at me? You want me to start I'm this? Looking. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to unpack to, th- to even think about this. Um, and I think the first place to start probably would be to think about like what Kickstarter does for us in general and then like look at itch, see what it has equivalently to replicate that stuff and also, you know, what it doesn't, which is the question. I've restated the question. Uh <laughs> You did a really good job. I think you did a much better job with the question than I did. So I appreciate that. So Kickstarter, as I, I've run a small handful of little Kickstarters in ZineQuest, uh, which what Kickstarter has given is, one, people know about it. It's got the brand recognition, unfortunately. That's huge. There's something about Kickstarter, like people walk into the green realm and they open their wallets and they dump it on your plate for things that like if they walked into a store and saw my game there they might not buy it but because it's on kickstarter for some reason the idea of buying it and getting it months later it, they do it uh and there's a lot to try to understand with that in the first place but i don't know if that's something that can be replicated we'll see maybe it's the pre-order thing in general i don't know uh so fuck i've lost track of something here 
so just, so yeah no jump in uh, okay yeah i you know because i'm trying to help i'm trying to help with the train of thought yeah the train of thought express uh just so that i understand so it's it's how it's about how to how to use itch to circumvent or get the tools that kickstarter is providing us uh, aside from what adam is pointing out is that kickstarter is a fucking monster when it comes to advertisement and marketing for your game and there's just this ex expectation of how to operate when it comes to giving stuff away in terms of money uh and when you said <laughs> when you said give us money for a product you cannot have yet <laughs> it's, just, it's funny um it, it works but so like i guess for itch one of the big things that i've seen i'm a i want to put myself in my place before <laughs> wait hang on jeremy i f i messed up the audio apparently all right say it again go go back like two sentences <laughs> uh is it degreening which was coined by the brain trust discord so gmbt to all the brain trustees out there uh, and <laughs> talking about those conversations about how to get away from Kickstarter. One of the big things is sort of, from what my understanding is being able to email at mass scale to touch base with different, uh, with all your patrons uh, slash crowdfunders and then sort of tier structures and backer kit things. So I guess tools that I would like to see from itch are probably some of those tools e email i know there are people pointed out that there are tools like that that are not getting used in the itch space yeah everything's, also go ahead everything's kind of there but it's not intuitive to like mm -hmm. use or receive information that way i don't think mm -hmm. like you can't so email everybody that purchased something either in general or purchased something at a certain like reward level you can you can send an email but then it kind of just shows up like you sent them an email, <laughs> which a lot of people are going to look at like, oh, I got this email from this random person. I'm going to discard this. Whereas like the Kickstarter ones come in from like project update from here's a Kickstarter official email. Uh, good, good point, Dan, about the revenue sharing as well. Uh, definitely need some form of revenue sharing, which would be actually probably fucking huge for collaborations in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. So we'd definitely love to see those tools. Um, and just like, I don't know, like figuring out different ways to stretch because, you know, Spencer, you and I have talked about, uh, how, like what tools we have available at current that we can try to recreate the Kickstarter model and start playing with. And, you know, one that we've seen some examples of people trying to do that with like makeshift total sale stretch goals. Um, and that's one avenue like you could just be totally transparent about how much money your game has made up to this point when you hit that like 2k mark hey we get to add a new adventure to this file size trap so uh yeah i guess i guess to sum it all up is when we talk about revenue sharing when we talk about uh scale email it's all about scalability the thing we don't have from itch right now is like mass intuitive user experience and and sh uh, scalability for your success, right? Because it's way different to manage a hundred person customer base 
and a 10,000 customer base. Like it's just, it's just not, they're not the same. They're totally different animals. And uh, it's, it's about scalability for sure. At least that's what I would want to see. Is that helping out Spencer? <laughs> There's that a lot. A ton. I thought that was great. This I could, love it. I, this could, I, yeah. Well, it's just that this could probably be. You could probably just have a podcast that you just talk about this. <laughs> How to break every week and like not get to the end of what there is to think about and 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 whatever else. But just throw you a real softball in your first show. You know, really <laughs> That's what we're here for. Well, this was awesome. Thanks, thanks so much for, for for chatting about it. I think it's really exciting, and I think the show is great. We're only ten minutes in, so keep it up. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for being our, our first caller. Maybe we'll get you like a little pin that says "I Us. called in first on the oh. official show. Oh I, my! I'm not gonna promise that. But Spencer, I had the plug idea. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug, plug your game. Plug your Twitter. Plug your whatever for people who are not of the trust. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, for anybody, I'm that... on. I'm... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I'm on I'm on Twitter at Gila RPGs, G I L A RPGs. Uh, it's on lock and key right now, so you're gonna have to add, join the queue. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'm on YouTube where I do uh, my YouTube series, which is on a Psych of RPGs. I'm a psychologist, so you can find that. It's the Gila Boy instead of Gila RPGs, so. Uh, there's a long story behind that we don't have time for, but that, that, I think that's mostly it between those two things. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks All for right. thanks for calling in. And yeah, for, thank you for the listener and future callers. You're always welcome to plug your shit, uh, especially at the end. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Mm-hmm. We're here yeah. to support. Have a great one. You too. Um. Yeah. Wow. There's... What a great first guest. Wow. Adam. How about that, wow. Spencer Campbell? <laughs> <laughs> putting these back on okay yeah you gotta put them on for each guest who comes in and probably Let's, doesn't uh... see the video <laughs> for all you podcast listeners out there uh-huh. uh <laughs> i'm wearing glasses now yeah so wow so there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack with that question of course uh we will continue to talk about it i at some point i'm gonna be a part i don't know this isn't like a specific thing uh, but at some point, I'm definitely going to be a part of organizing some sort of itch funding, like big event to mm-hmm. kill Zine Quest once and for all. But that's the future. <laughs> oh, the lich will find the phylacteries, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, should we take the next call or what are we yeah, going to think here? Yeah, I- yeah, it's, well, I did want to point out in the chat, you know, a lot of people are talking about the revenue sharing. And yeah, I think it, you know, the future is collaboration, right? I mean, it's not really a future, it's happening now, but it's figuring out how to get everybody paid and figure out easing. Like, it's again, it's about scalability, right? It's about the scalability of your project and assessing your budget based on what you're capable of executing in a, uh, in a efficient and path of least resistance manner uh for a less refined term right yeah so awesome. good job everyone keep talking about it in the chat i'm looking i'm looking yeah. at it user will yost will yobst asks uh are you a cool enough dude to kill zine quest and the answer is no but we as a collective are stronger together cooler together and can k- kill the lich <laughs> once and for all <laughs> 
Right. Also, isn't that what leveling up is for? That's true. So, yeah. yeah. I will. I can become a cool enough dude to kill Z Quest. It's got to try real hard. All right. Let's see. Who is... Who's next? Who's next, Adam? Who are we bringing in here? Looking we like we're getting. We should probably say who's next before we start. Looking talking. like we're we're getting user Discord user. It's Dan Phipps is getting <laughs> slid in in three, two, one. Hello, thanks for Hello. calling the tabletop calling show. Who are we talking to? Hey, uh, this is Dan Phipps from Gem Room Games. Kind of guessed. Kind of guessed it. Welcome, Dan. <laughs> yeah, almost uh, almost as if you knew what was happening before it happened. <laughs> Sorry for any background noise, but um, I am currently bouncing on a yoga ball at about 120 beats per minute, desperately trying to keep That's this fast. newborn child from screaming uh, instead of eating. I think she needs to do to live. <laughs> hi, um, baby Dan Phipps. Yes. Everyone say hi to Eleanor. She's. We've kept her alive for two whole months, and I'm going to brag about it to anyone who will listen. That's impressive. I, I'm impressed I, when I can keep myself alive for two whole months every two it, months. And so doing it to some third party body of flesh. The best parenting advice I ever got legitimately. And it was during a play test for an unrelated game. But the best parenting advice I ever got was if at the end of the day, uh, everyone's fed and no one's dead. You, you know, that's one in the win column. <laughs> just just make it there. Don't worry about therapy. bills. Just, <laughs> Just get get to the finish line, and you'll be you'll do okay. That, is that the question? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, if, so the, if you want to call question. in about any parenting advice that Jeremy and I could give, <laughs> we're no, here I'm, for you. I'm actually I'm sorry for being that guy. But, no, no, no. Um, what what no, I actually no. wanted to talk about was um, my favorite part of the game design process, and I was curious if you two had ever messed with it or anyone in chat, but. Um, the part of game design when you settle in and you make your uh, make your game a mixtape, make a playlist on Spotify or Bandcamp to sort of really settle into the tone or the groove of it. Um, and, uh, you know, if either of you had done it before or if it's just me and also to, uh, yeah, to encourage folks to try that because it's really worked for me in uh, getting the fit and finish on a game. Before either of us answer i want to hear what's on one of these one of these mixtapes so let's see let's <laughs> uh, which computer am i on so i've been working on a project for about a month now wait more than a month i've been working on a project for off and on forever but um the playlist is let me be scrolling it's called psychedelic fantastique we've got uh, sticky hulks by the ocs night by john carpenter Summoner by Big Black Delta, a band called Damaged Bug with The Mirror, just a lot of really moody, uh, not fully, you know, black metal energy, because that's a bit much more just sort of like, you know, like good tunes to look over at a blasted landscape to. Okay. Um, uh, Subway Runners was written with a real uh, lo-fi beats energy, real vapor wave. Um, and uh, let's see, I actually rewrote a game um let me see what is the name of this song uh wrong song here we go here we go so the first game i ever made available for money i had to rewrite the entire thing after listening to twilight of the thunder god by amon amarth
Hey listener, this is Adam after the show. My computer died for one second during the show, so that's why there's a pause. But I didn't want to just cut it because it would be jarring for you, the podcast listener. So sit tight, one second. We'll be back. So it worked out. <laughs> oh no! Am, am I also gone? I'm seeing Adam gone. You're here for us. I'm here for Adam? you. Hello? Are you there? Zine Quest got us. Oh, Adam is loading. Adam is loading. Oh, man. Oh, you can I hear see... Jeremy and Dan. Well, oh. Welcome to the Jeremy and Dan Phipps show. Welcome to the Jeremy. Um, next caller. Yeah, no, we've, uh, we, I've, I've, it's a one in, one out situation. Just. It's a round we, robin we really college went for a show. Swiss round tournament. Um, <laughs> I guess it's more of a Mortal Kombat style <laughs> tournament. Like I'm, oh, I think I'm alive. Adam? I think yes. you're alive. Cool. My, Are you okay? My computer, I unplugged. There was a PS4 controller under my desk. I unplugged it uh -huh. and my whole computer froze. <laughs> so I guess, I guess the show runs on a PS4 controller. Uh, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> no, I got to fix uh, my camera. There's a slogan. They say they can hear you, but they can't see you. Yeah, again. that's that's in process. Sorry to interrupt, Dan. Uh, <laughs> no, no worries. No. I I don't know what I said that was heard, but basically, <laughs> you know, from a because tone control is so important to your game, mm -hmm. especially when you're first starting out, and mm -hmm. if you can really zero in that, you know what? Sometimes it's a yacht rock game. Sometimes it's really it's really halls and Oatsy in here, and uh, having that on in the background for me at least it really helps. Like, you know. When you're when you're on word hippo and you're you're trying to find the right synonym for strength again, <laughs> it, I hate it, was, it. It's the worst. I, Don't do it. Don't put stats in your games. But uh, <laughs> but if you do, like you know, it's it it just for me. It just really helps to set a vibe. Stats are bad, and also I you know was I'm broken inside and can't get rid of them, and will keep putting them in my game. So when I do. <laughs> constantly hurting uh i will i will i'll go first to give you some recovery time adam yeah that'd uh, be great yeah <laughs> no problem uh yes yes i have done this i have absolutely created playlists for stuff that uh i for everyone that may not know i attempted twice to do nano remo which if you don't know in november you attempt to write fifty thousand words of a some sort of writing project it could it's supposed to be traditionally a novel but it can be a ton of other text-based things uh, uh failed miserably but uh i guess not failure i, I got to like thirty thousand, but never made a book out of it whoa good practice it you know i'm sure you have thirty thousand words in something i mean distributed across many things sure i'm sure i hyper focused and wrote a lot of words but that's a high score that's something to be proud about thank you uh but i just re this is coupling with what i was gonna say but uh I just played Lighthearted for the first time by uh, 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 Kurt Potts, uh, Birthday Twin, last <laughs> week. And I played the Lighthearted Spotify playlist, which was amazing. I don't listen to 80s music. All that music was uh, goddamn jam. Uh, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, music resonates really deeply with me, especially like hip hop, lo-fi, 
uh, game music, like game symphony music and J-Rock and stuff like that. So whenever I make a game, I like I try to envision. It's a lot of anime scores. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of like My Hero Academia and Attack on Titan like running in my playlists. But uh, I definitely, definitely, as a part of my process, or even when I'm just playing games, like music, like you said, I think music really helps to establish. I wrote down immersion and touch points because if you're bringing someone like another player to the table and they're not familiar with that like genre of game. Like a, an example would be, I have a lot of friends that play D&D, &D, but they've never played something like Blades in the Dark before. And so I would look up like Blades in the Dark playlists to send them, like, like the Dishonored soundtrack, something like that. And just say like, hey, this is kind of like the vibe of the game. And there's something intrinsic about music that kind of I don't know, says something to a certain person, they pick up the vibes of what's going on. So the answer to your question is yes, with a long-winded explanation of why yes. Well, if the answer was just yes, this show would be very short. Or you'd, be, uh, <laughs> you'd be going through callers very fast. Oh, we're going to do that uh, at some point. Uh, yeah. the <laughs> no, there's a lightning round coming. Be ready, everybody. Look for oh. that <laughs> Uh, my answer is no. I haven't done that. <laughs> Show over. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm more. I. I definitely see the appeal and use of that. But whenever I listen to music, I mostly just put on an album and and don't think about it. Um, which is just a personal thing because I. It's. It's work to make a playlist. Uh, but if somebody gives me a playlist for like a, a game or something, I'll probably listen to it. Um. Because that's a great thing. Yeah. Everybody else should do that. Yeah. I just, I refuse. So what you're saying is we got to, we got to find out what you're working on next and, and cut you a mixtape. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do. Vibe on. That'd be great. If you can, um, I don't even know what I would put on the stuff I'm working on. Maybe that's my problem. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> you delegate that. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, that's, that's good stuff. Music consulting for Dan Phipps and myself to come to Adam's games and just be like, yeah, so I'm thinking about this thing that's like an OSR sci-fi. Uh, I'm thinking about adding like D&D &D because, you know, Adam Bell loves D&D. &D. Yes. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then me and Dan just go, yeah, I think that you should totally put Erica Badu in there. Uh, out of curiosity, who picked the music when uh, before the show started? Because that was extremely choice, and whoever picked that is actually now king of music. So... <laughs> that yeah. tune was jaunty as hell. <laughs> I was a little upset to see that everybody in the chat was loving that music, I can't lie. <laughs> we shit so much on that music <laughs> before it's this so... show. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's very bad. Also, <laughs> extremely good. Like, I was... I was there. I was transported. I was ready to talk to a mysterious hooded stranger in the corner about, like, maybe some quests or yeah. to hire him to go to a dungeon. I think whenever, whenever I found it first and sent it to Jeremy, and I think with the text, lol, <laughs> I can't find anything. <laughs> Jeremy told me that this was first time 5e DM type music, <laughs> which is accurate. <sighs> oh, God, I'm going to die. All right. Well, 
Dan, thank you for calling in a chat. It's it's lovely to talk to you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do a plug really quick. If please, that's cool. yes. please yes. do. Um, yes, that's what so the show's about. My partner Kali and I are releasing our first game, or I guess it's a Morkboard module, and uh, the we're finally gonna tell people the title, even though everyone on the Brain Trust is known forever, which is uh, you know, life is like a hurricane. Here in Darkbore. <laughs> Darkbore. <laughs> so look out for uh, Morkborg Adventures in Calisota. Um, we're going to be working on the layout after these kids have gone to bed and uh, releasing a PDF tomorrow morning. Oh, wow. Um, That's soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming out tomorrow. It, oh, man. I'm going to start doing art drops. And I'm so excited because uh, Robbie Bear. Uh, who did um, Castle Demon Castle Dracula? Ooh. Did the art for us that like wasn't weird public domain stuff, and it's it's so choice. It looks so good. This this shit post really, it's it's taken off, y'all. I'm so excited. That's the best I'm way so to design. To share it with you. <laughs> yeah, shit post about, and then make it real. Well, it's you know it's about found family. Really, when you think about it, it's got layers. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited to share it with y'all. So um, yeah, keep an eye on it's. Uh, it'll be at gemroomgames.itch.io, um, and we'll be posting a lot of duck puns on the Gemroom Games Twitter account. So check those out because uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be real. It's really happening. Awesome. <laughs> it's really real. I, I regret to inform you that it's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, All right. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. yeah, thank you. This is great. Good show. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eleanor, for being first baby. Yeah, <laughs> Eleanor fell. Nope, not asleep. Eyes are pointed in the wrong directions away from each other. Okay, cool. That's a normal baby thing. I <laughs> <laughs> bad. Really, All right. Uh, thanks, Dan. We will talk yeah, to you later. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. Bye. Should I kick? I'm going to do it. Yeah, power yes. move. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, music and games, huh? Yeah, I love it. I love music. I love games. I love putting them together. I'm here for peanut butter and chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. <laughs> do you? What is the what is the uh, Reese's peanut butter cup of music and games? Like, what's uh, the one playlist to game combo that's just transcendent of time oh which oh, apparently God. i don't believe that about am i Reese's answering Cups. this question yeah am yeah I the world, you are. am i the world's best role-playing game <laughs> uh uh god that's so hard i don't know i'm really excited no. for silk sonic uh it's the collaboration for anderson pack and bruno mars and i've been trying to explore like hip-hop fantasy a lot so okay. uh whatever that is so Hip hop fantasy plus my dream team of Bruno Mars and Anderson Dot Pack. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. That'll be good. I, Will Yopes, yes, Will Yopes gets me. Silk Sonic. <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't heard about Silk Sonic, but I bet. Well, I'm gonna listen to it. Fucking hear about it because it's lit. <laughs> All right, let's get the next <laughs> caller in here. I'm sorry. I'm here really comes MB. Unnaturally aggressive. <laughs> uh, boom. Hey, thanks for calling the Tabletop Calling Show. Who are we talking to? Where? Oh, hello there. It's MV. Hey. Hey. I'm calling in from Brussels, Belgium. <gasps> International yeah, guest, got... first time. Yep. Another pin, first 
non-U.S. caller, to my knowledge. Gotta get that. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I love music. I love this show. It's it's perfect. Music. <laughs> <laughs> music. I love music it. Music will not uh, stay the same. <laughs> wait. Um, so I want to call in actually about game jams. Okay. Um, I'm a I'm a big game jam enthusiast. I, I kind of I host a website that kind of tries to collect all the jams uh, that are out there connected to tabletop games. And I was thinking of ways to kind of experiment with the game jam sort of format and watch uh, itch.io allows you to like host as a jam because it has a bunch of features to it. So, um, kind of just want to hear your thoughts, like what, what do you think an experimental game jam could be? Because, uh, for one, uh, itch.io game jams have the community tab, which allows you to do threads on the jam page itself, not connected to games. And then you have uh, sort of the like rating period where you can have sort of a month everyone submits games and a month everyone rates each other's games. Mm -hmm. So this interaction is also interesting, um, not utilized a lot. And I've seen a lot of also like uh, crowd, like crowd collected uh, collections, essentially. There was the end of the year 2020 uh, jam that everyone could submit their like sort of best game of the year. Uh, that was very fun to see what everyone kind of offered from their uh, games that were they thought were very good. And also the ZineQuest jam, which is actually still going on, and everyone submitted their sort of like HAO pages that were connected to their ZineQuest games. So yeah. Just all these sort of ways you could utilize game jams. <laughs> I'm sort of rambling here already, so what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> what, what are your thoughts of my ramblings? Uh, I am a jam infant. I know zero things about jams, <laughs> period. So, Adam. Yes. <laughs> Which way are you? Over here? <laughs> Take it. Take the floor. All right. So, I think the first one kind of ties into the last thing you said and also to our first call about potential itch funding situation so my my current idea for the the supposed event that may one day uh replace scene quest in our hearts would definitely revolve around a game jam and around that discussion forum where like everybody that's doing a funding project would post their their project to a jam so you could collect everything and it would be just like the um, the ZineQuest tag, except for instead of having to beg and email Kickstarter games to get on there, you could just submit it yourself. Um, and then the community the community tab could be about like talking about the different projects, setting up different collections to be like, oh, here's here's all the projects that like here's a thread for all of the projects that are jamless games. Here's a thread for all the projects that are like OSR supplements mm -hmm. and so like you can have that little bit of of granulation granularity granularity mm -hmm. uh, so that's one 
I want to see that. Um, another idea that I would like to see happen at some point, but don't have the stones to run, the spoons to run, that's the phrase. <laughs> okay. It would be it'd be similar to like the uh, I think it was the acoustic cover jam a while back, but I'd love a two part jam where like everybody submits something at the beginning, and then there's like a second phase where everybody looks at what's been submitted mm-hmm. and like calls dibs on on mm-hmm. different projects mm-hmm. and like hacks mm-hmm. it or remixes it in some way. So it's like a a two two way remix jam. Yeah. Like a, a two-part uh, remix mm-hmm. jam. Whether the first part is submitting something completely new or submitting one of your already existing games. I don't know. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. get that far. Yeah, if I recall co- correctly, it was called either the Reflection or the Refraction Jam. Mm-hmm. I think Refraction, but I'm not sure. Basically, Basically you could, yeah, you could submit a game that was like sort of very lightweight, very like this Ashcan style, just sort of text and minimal graphics. And other people could uh, take that and, yeah, just hack and create their own vision of it, version of it, iteration of it. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea and could really sort of help out new designers in like an even more way than game jams already do, because game jams are sort of already an invitation to design. So, like, yeah, take take this game or take this idea and just run with it. But the refraction jam like that is like, oh, here's an idea and it's like already half cooked and you just need to sort of... <laughs> that was a weird metaphor, I'm sorry. It's half cooked. <laughs> like, Did you hear yeah. st- the stone soup conversation? <laughs> stone spoon conversation? Or maybe like a half assembled IKEA furniture. <laughs> so you just gotta get the other half. Yeah. Actually, that is a, a nice take on that. Because if you turn that over to, like, I think it was Chris Bassett a while back posted an itch page that was just titled, like, Detritus, which was just a bunch of ideas that, like, would have been good games if they were followed through with, but Chris just didn't have time for it and so just said here's all this if everybody just like dumped their detritus into a jam and then everybody else like combed through all that and like took one of those ideas and ran for it that could be pretty cool that that's awesome actually yeah so like it helps people who kind of don't have like i don't know brain energy to finish a game or just that's me like yeah, have some documents lying around that they are not like as into it anymore mm-hmm. and just give it into the world. And other designers who are having trouble starting with games, they can yeah, just iterate on that, what's already there. Yeah, that's that's a perfect idea. I have to run this now, damn. <laughs> um, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome for your new idea. You can have it. <laughs> I want I would like to participate. I'm looking over at my There's a door to my right where I have post-it notes for different things that I would like to do at some point. There are 21 post-it notes on that door. Oh, Uh, all (laughs) post-its. Like a turn the camera. Discreet. Yeah, I (laughs) (laughs) show us your house. (laughs) World Champ Game Co. asks, "You say post-its? I don't know what I'm supposed to say." (laughs) <laughs> Adam Bass is is 
the lord of post-its. That's also true. Is there a different word? Design. Sticky notes. Oh. Sticky notes. Yes. Look, that's me personally, post-its. I'm a brands guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only get Kleenex. You don't get tissues. Sponsorships. Yeah, Come on. Please. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks, MV, for the the wonderful question. Oh. Do you have anything? So much. Do you have anything to plug here before? I you... have a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I, I was I was born ready for this show, so I got. I'm running a jam right now. Actually, it's called the Light Strike Jam. Uh, it's a jam. I was inspired like instantly to make this jam because I read uh, Spencer's Spencer Campbell's uh, new module fuel for uh, his light RPG, and it's like it introduces these strikes which are uh, like adventures basically for uh, the light RPG. And it's like, it's this very lightweight and it it has a very cool structure to it. And I was like, damn, this is so cool. I got to make a game, but I got to make a jam first to submit my game to that jam. (laughs) (laughs) So I just made a jam. It's light strike jam. You can find it on my uh, Twitter. It's at mayvisit and my game's at mvmv.itch.io perfect thank you so much for the show yeah thanks for calling in yeah we'll talk to you i'll talk to you later bye 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 i didn't get to wow yeah (laughs) mvp do it mv now owns the show (sighs) game jams oh yeah there's something that i often click join jam and much less often click submit project to jam (laughs) The retention ratio for click to yeah. click ratio is I'd small. Like, I'd like to do more, but I have no control over my creative process. So, <laughs> I was uh, I did think about how when you two were talking about someone starts a game and then two parter, someone finishes a game. I was thinking about um, I had Clayton Notestein on for interview. A couple days ago so look forward to that episode for draw your dice but uh we talked about how visual design is game design when you're thinking about layout and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i would also be interested in a two-parter it's like someone writes a game and then someone Ooh. is strictly just like visual visually designing a game like that's the second part like here now you'd get layout practice because we see that all the time or at least i see that on like sites like uh uh what's it called dribble and um whatever the fucking non-Adobe one is. I can't remember. But there's collaboration projects all the time on there where someone's taking inspiration from someone else and like, hey, I really like Francesca's website designs. This is a take on Francesca's designs in my own style or whatever, right? So I think doing a two-parter like that where it encompasses some sort of like um, uh, uh, customer-facing part of the jam. So like someone writes the game and someone does like, I don't know, art for it for the second half or like not just writing, but also sort of visual design creation since that's a part of the product anyways at the end of the day. So. Yeah, no, that's a cool idea. Like the everybody submits a game and then everybody lays somebody else's game out is like a great, a great thing to obviously varied results because like me laying out a game first Adam Vass laying out a game. We're going to see a lot, uh, two different things. One will be super cool. That's not mine. 
Uh, and one will be functional at least. <laughs> at minimum. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can promise that. But yeah, that would be a cool thing to do. Because if somebody else, I've never had anybody lay out one of my games, which is, you know, it's eventually I'll try that. But that sounds like a cool thing to see your words in some way that you never thought about doing that. Um, yeah. I also thank you everyone for correcting me. Uh, it is Behance is the Adobe one. And that was the one I couldn't think of. So shows you how much I know. <laughs> Uh, let's take another caller. Discord user Tony plus one is coming in next. Let me get the react on this. This is an animal reference also for anyone who sees me clap like this. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Tabletop Colin Show. Who is here? Uh, this is Tony Vicinda. Hey, Tony. How's it going? Hi, Tony. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing good. I, uh, I'm skipping out on a family event that's happening upstairs right now in order to come hang out in the basement with uh, with y'all. Um, it's probably that. whether it's the right choice or not doesn't matter. It's the choice <laughs> that happened, and no one's no one's come to find me yet. That's the other important thing, which means there's, there's enough fun happening upstairs. I was like, I'm gonna go uh, do a thing real quick. I'll be right back, and no one asked me what the thing was, and so you know, I felt justified. Um, I was going to ask about jams. Uh, now I now I feel intimidated. Um, and also, Jeremy has told me that uh, he knows nothing about them. So it seems like a bad question. Um, you don't know what I don't know until you know it. That's true. Um, I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I think I would love to maybe know this. Um, uh, damn it. Can we start over again? Can you guys say uh, this is Tony Vicenda? Hey, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Tabletop Calling Show. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hey, thanks. Just tell me, uh, first time, first er, first time caller, long time listener, uh, and uh, really excited to be here. Um, so, um, no, I I think I want to know this: who is who is somebody who y'all would love to have call in, um, just from a, a surprise standpoint, but would would also immediately make you feel like sellouts on this show if they ever did. That's the that's the question I'm going to jump to. Wow. I immediately thought of Bezos. No joke. <laughs> I'd be like, no. Like, totally honored that they called, but then immediately after hanging up at the end of the, the conversation, you'd feel like, okay, we've peaked and now we're too big. So we oh, have to okay. it, we have to feel honored. So that's already we're eliminating yeah. a lot of contenders. Bezos is out. Yeah, uh, for all by himself. Feel honored, but feel at, after a little sense of shame Can't about better about selling out. That's an that's mm -hmm. an interesting combination of Jesus choices here uh wow wow what a yeah we, I feel partly is like I also there are some names that are popping in my head but I feel like it would be a dunk based on what I've talked about in the past <laughs> on my own show so I really don't want to do that I don't want to endanger Adam Bellier. Fuck, this is such a hard question, Tony. It's, yeah, this you you got. Me. I was I was known in high school for being somebody who could stop a conversation at any point just by asking a really out of place question, and I'm really glad that I've been able to call into your show right now and uh, and make that happen for you 20 years later. You know, yeah, it's um, actually evolved, and you're going to end a whole show. With this question. Yeah, so like, hey guys, this is a great one episode of a show we had that Tony called in. <laughs> okay, everything. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's see. Let's. You want to so, do the question in parts? Who Who would be people you'd just be incredibly excited if they called in? Any, okay. Well, the thing is, there is anybody. 
in games. <laughs> like, like no, any on, anybody wait. that I haven't talked to on the internet before, but likes games, would be a cool thing. I mean, I like people that I have talked to because it's a lot. It, it's a lot easier to talk to people I've talked to, but somebody that I've read their game but never interacted with that would be a cool thing. I don't have any specific answers yet. Uh, what do you um, think, of Jeremy? For I think that I would pick uh, Travis Willingham from Critical Role because he's probably the strongest reason why I keep watching the show. I like his role play and everything like that. Uh, so I think it would be interesting for him to call in. I kind of I you know I just think he's a cool dude for what I know about him at internet arm's length. It's another reason for me to rekindle my relationship with one of my high school friends, Laura Bailey. <gasps> no way. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> that's cool good for you um yeah we haven't talked in you know 18 years but uh <laughs> hey she's so. winning a lot of voice actress awards it's true she's been in the game for a long time um all right well i've i've punished y'all enough uh i'm i'm super <laughs> excited by this show i'll have a i'll have a legit i have a legit question uh next time i call in uh, i had three but they just got they got worked through and so this just seemed like the most awkward one i could possibly ask it's a good I question so, it's a difficult this, question this, this, this is heckle. This is heckle practice. This is like when y'all get big, when the world is open again, when you're doing live shows on the main stage at Gen Con. Oh, uh, you guys will, you guys will be ready oh. because of this moment. We got to get ready to That'd answer gamer lit, questions. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk to y'all later. All right, thanks, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Have a good family gathering. Wait, plug yourself. Wait. Yeah, wait. Oh, yeah. uh, hey, my name is Tony Descenda. I run a little brand called Plus One EXP. You can find us at plus1exp.com across all social media platforms. You can find everything we do at plus1exp.com. Uh, we're a weird little brand that multi-classes in tabletop game design, beard and skin care alchemy, and the Bardic College of Content Creation. Uh, if you're a game designer out there and you want to help us to help you find players who would love to play your game, we'd love to do that. If you're a game player, we'd love to help you find designs that you can play. Uh, also, our most recent uh release is uh beards and beyond it's a legitimately better than it should be game that's based around beards uh you can go check all that out at uh, plus1exp.com and uh we're about to have a bunch of copies of hieronymus in our store by uh by Lori, who i'm a huge fan of uh so check that out also awesome yeah do awesome. check it out it's, it's Strong, stuff. strongest rehearsed branding i've ever heard <laughs> i can't we'll even yes <laughs> I, I can't even say my like Twitter handle without stuttering. So like that is impressive shit. Yeah. Uh, we got we had three callers left in the queue here. I just uh, closed it, and by closed it, I mean I I said the words closing the queue, so we can get through <laughs> these three before uh, the end of the show. Speed round, maybe. No, we'll see how it goes. It's the first time we can yeah. go over. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Discord user Viditya is next and then i give that pause so that he can hear it on the stream and then i'll yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> and hello thanks for calling the tabletop calling show who is this hello hello, hello uh um what is it first time listener long time caller Viditi and Valetti over here yeah <laughs> Great. I, I'm so excited. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a DTIU. He, him, pronouns. Uh, I just want to, first and foremost, this is, y'all are doing a great job. I love this. This is making my day uh, wonderful. That's very kind. Thank you. I'm having a good time. 
I'm having a good time. What? I'm having a better time. Alright, I have a question. So I'm kind of seeing a theme with a few of the questions about we're talking about platforms, right? We're kind of, we're kind of talking about like what you know, like itch jam, like jam culture on itch, or like what can we do to degreen and all this whatnot, right? So I want to talk about and like music, like what does it mean to listen to music while you play a game? So my question for y'all is, um, there's a bunch of virtual tabletops around, right? Like we have Roll Twenty, we have like Roll, we have other multiverses <laughs> coming out. Like there's a bunch, right? There, there. There's a, there's a shit ton. Um, so I kind of want to ask y'all, like, what do you want out of a virtual tabletop that you can't find out right now? Um, and like, what, like, if you had to craft one, you know, what's, what's the, what's the dream virtual tabletop for you? Uh, and then a side question, like a, like a, an additional, if you want to talk about it, if this is like an easy one is, um, with what is available right now, like what is something in say roll 20 or in, in Roll or like or in Miro, that kind of you would that like what's a game that can only be played in these digital spaces, right? Similar vibe to like this Discord as Ghost in it, but like um, I'm asking about this because like uh, recently I proposed a uh, I've yet to see a game that rolls a d69 um, because we live in an age that you can roll a d69. Uh, so yeah, so th- th- this is this is this is my question. <laughs> Yeah, you looking at me? No, I'm looking at you. You, you first. Okay. I got a lot All of right. thoughts. So, <laughs> I also have a ton of thoughts. <laughs> this is gonna be a thank you, Paditi, for your question. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know how much to talk about this, not because it's secret, but because me and Spencer have been like driving on what we're calling table uh, tabletop role playing, or excuse me, ecosystem digital tabletop role playing games also known as live tabletop role-playing games. And the concept is that we've been talking, this is, this is gonna go into the virtual tabletop question, but the concept is that we're talking about as a design principle, never going to print uh, with our games. And the reason why we're thinking about this is that we're very inspired by video games and uh, me specifically, I'm very inspired by like, uh, MMORPGs like World of Warcraft or Guild Wars 2 or whatever have you. And our conversations have led us to sort of decipher out into creating ecosystems for our games. So like, for instance, I talk a lot about classic or even better is is probably Spencer's games, Light and, uh, and Frame being reframed. The, uh, both of those games have delineations of raiding and adventures and and resources and loot and all these other things and talking about introducing the concepts of patch notes expansions hot fixes and designing a game that's kind of in a constant uh update state right like you go when you go to print in a game and you put that book out and you want to change something about it, you have to now start to construct a whole new like print structure for it to update that game. If you want to update the core rules or whatever, right? You have to think about a new edition. What if you just got rid of the whole edition concept and just went digital and just said, hey, we're, you know, D&D 5e, we hear a lot of people are not driving with the Ranger class. We're going to take that to the next two weeks, take it to the design team, and you'll get a patch update then and then the games change like if you want to keep the old rules that version can live on in infamy and like a backlog or something but it's just this 
up, updating things. So to bring that full circle into the virtual tabletop thing, being that being the premise is that I would love to see, because I don't love Roll20. I think it has some weak JavaScript features. And after uh, Will Yope's experience with Torque for Roll20, I just feel all the stress coming off of them in the me. So uh, I think that what I want to see is just better attempts at coding or applications or um, just really like like, just creating better, like just hiring the the software developer necessary to make this thing happen in a in a smart way, and really taking the user experience to heart. Because one of the, one of the things I don't like about the role application, which by the way is the worst way you could ever create a name to Google something, because I literally <laughs> can't find the site anytime I search for it. I do, you know, it doesn't have a great real estate for character sheet building and sort of your design principles on a game. Um, uh, uh, your principles on a game now have to reflect how they fold in to the role application. And that's not beneficial to you. I mean, it's cool to be a workaround and like if it's a challenge for you, but it's not ideal. It's not a great user experience. So I guess the, I guess ultimately the answer I have is that I, I need more user experience from games. I need it to be easier from virtual tabletops. I need it to be easier for people to access. And uh, I love Miro. I think Miro is great. I think it has a lot of tools in it, aside from like rolling dice, like a digital roller inside of itself. Like you can obviously use another application, but again, it's that user experience, keeping it all convenient. Uh, that's what I want from a VTT. Yeah. Yeah, damn. That, that kind of segues into what I want pretty well, which I don't want to notice that I'm using one. I just want to be playing a game and like, I'm using a tool like this is this should be the goal for any software that ever exists. You shouldn't notice the tools that you're using because if they're designed well enough, then you just using it as as effortlessly Ooh. as like shuffling. Did something happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it didn't go about it for me for a second. My connection got spotty for a second, so I didn't okay. that you said. <laughs> so I was, I was saying like using using one of these tools for any software, but like. VTTs as well should be as effortless as like grabbing a deck of cards and shuffling. You don't think about the mechanics of shuffling a deck of cards. You just shuffle it once you know how to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so like any software that every step of the way you're like, yes, I am certainly using roll 20, which is the entire roll 20 experience is <laughs> like every, every button press, you are aware that roll 20 is standing there and is between you and your play. <laughs> There's actually another player in its role. Yeah, there absolutely is. Uh, so it kind of segues into like, why don't we have that? We've got all of these options. And I mean, that that opens it's me. 2021, dude. Well, that that opens <laughs> that opens us into an entire discussion about like capitalist competition and how, you know, people like to pretend that competition drives innovation, but really all it drives is a stratification of any given market. So Roll20 was invented or was created first, probably at least over a decade now, I would think. Uh, and in that time, like they, it has been created and maintained by one team to do, to engage with games exactly how they want to engage with games, which is fine. That's great. But if, we had a better world. Uh, <laughs> the tools that somebody creates like that. So when somebody makes Roll Twenty, that just c 
could get released out into the world, and then through a collaborative process, people could gradually refine it until it is the thing that, that until it meets more needs than just the one that that people needs or the, the, oh, the people okay. that make it. Um, but instead what we have is, oh, Roll20 kind of sucks. I'm going to make my own. And then you make Roll. And like, Roll does some things better, but like the voice and video there, I assume, I hope, are better. <laughs> I pray. <laughs> because if they're not, then you got a problem. But then they're missing some other features of like customization and a shared tabletop. Uh, and mm-hmm. so then you go to playingcards.io and playingcards.io kind of does exactly what it says. It's you can play cards, uh, but it's missing chat. It's missing expandable. It's it's missing a lot of things. But like cards in Roll Twenty are a nightmare. <laughs> An absolute <laughs> dude. As somebody who has mastered the use of card decks in Roll Twenty, like I'm good at it. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why did you do this to yourself <laughs> I, it's just it's useful <laughs> for two of my games i need it <laughs> right yeah but but then to, to touch on that just slightly uh on that specific comment you play i played with you blood blood clock tower i'm sorry mm. i can't ever remember the fucking name of the full, the full name of the game blood, say it, say blood it on people. blood on the clock tower blood on the clock tower there is a so website close. specifically dedicated to its mechanics mm. and its user experience to make sure that you can operate the game uh, to the fullest of its ability. So like that's what I'm talking about when I talk about a digital-only tabletop game that has an ecosystem that works for it. And yeah, well, sure, but that's going to be a lot of work, especially if you're creating a lot of games in a year. I do not deny that. <laughs> but so is trying to figure out how to print to other countries, right? Like trying to figure out how to distribute to Canada or Indonesia or anything like that. And the cost of those things. When you think about a digital internet application, yes, is it? Uh, are there different accessibilities to that than compared to print? Absolutely. But I don't know. It's just like if we're looking at the digital landscape as it's constantly evolving and taking considerations like bloodied clock tower, I, I'm, it's just not gonna stick, dude. I don't know what it is. But it's a it's a built-in ecosystem that operates to the specific ability it needs to and it feels good like i came in never have played before and i immediately knew like what i'm capable of the rip i'm also really smart but you know that is another conversation uh yeah in the chat we've got mv talking about CompCon and the zone CompCon being the digital tool that you use to play lancer that seems pretty good Mm -hmm, yeah game specific mm -hmm. game specific tools are great but again, that plays more into like if I want to make a game that is a similar level of heft as as a Lancer, and I want to make a software, I pretty much have to start from scratch. Yeah. As opposed to just being able to take what's out there, which like changes depending on if those developers make something open source. But I don't I don't see that often. And also, I would have mm-hmm. to learn whatever I I'd have to learn to code better than I know how now. But you can hire a coder, right? It's about collaboration. You don't yeah. have to do it. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. But you kind of do right now because oh, yes. like yeah, yeah. that shit's expensive. Yeah, like you want. <laughs> now, now we're talking about like the ethical dilemmas of like I want to collaborate but not for free. Kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did that this answer your question, Viditia? Uh, it did. No, this is those are really great. I loved. Um, I loved kind of thinking about because I'm always, I'm constantly teetering between especially with my like 
resurgence in love of like making with my hands again like you know i'm like making small zines i don't care if they're done or good i just like making them so i'm like really in a physical space but then also you know i think about the d69 and i go like we live in a digital age uh and yeah no i like y- y'all y'all touched on some good stuff about like it's like do we like push like how do we do we push games for the digital age and like what does that look like when rpgs like literally tabletop games <laughs> are made for the virtual tabletop versus uh you know like how do we emulate the physical one and all this stuff like it's cool i this this is great y'all y'all said some good stuff about this i loved it awesome uh you, you have anything to plug before we shuffle you out of here because we are already a little over time and have two people yeah. left to talk to uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get my plugs in real quick. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so uh, I'm Viditia Valetti. You can find me on Twitter at Viditia Valetti. And you can find my games at uh, VidityaValetti.itch.io. Um, but I'll also quickly plug uh, that I am a cast member on the All Nerds Here Twitch network. Uh, we're an actual play network. We're a diverse cast uh, of all queer and BIMPOC people. Um, and on Wednesdays, you should come and watch uh corazon station and all them podcast uh let's play uh actual play of passion de las passiones in a uh sci-fi setting uh it's real cool i love it it's i think some of the best role-playing i'm doing and and i'm seeing out there so um you should definitely come along and also currently happening right now actually is our sunday show sunfire street presents for the dungeon where it's a bunch of puppets um (laughs) <laughs> they're puppets playing for the dungeon mm-hmm. it's very good it's very fun uh so if, if y'all are looking for somebody to raid after this uh they're gonna be um and it's really cool so yeah th- that's that's those are my plugs cool thank you i'll try to figure out how to raid before i hit stop stream yeah <laughs> yeah same <laughs> it's in the dashboard if you go to the actual twitch dashboard not okay. the stream or whatever cool yeah <laughs> all right sounds good all right thanks a lot we'll talk to you later Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Next caller is user Ice Cold Brew. In three, unless you've got something else to talk about. No, I think we we hit the nail on the head. We're the smartest people on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks for calling the Tabletop Calling Show. Who we. Are, who are we speaking? Wow, fuck. Who, who, are we? who talk we do? <laughs> this is Ice Cold Brew Talk. Um, long time fan, 30 uh, minute listener. Perfect. That, uh, that's fair. That's a fair way to, yeah. to put it. Forever a fan. Only just are started. But... Slash playtime. <laughs> How long have I been listening? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think my question is I'm. I had to write it down because I knew I was going to forget, and I'm glad I did. But uh, one of the big things I've been fighting with right now is kind of like game design stall out, where like you get to that point where you're making a game and you kind of have like an idea where you want it to go, and you have like a like a skeleton made, but then you're like, okay, now what's the next step I go into? And I I want to know how you fight against that and like how you can overcome that because right now I've been trying to. I've basically taken like a month off just to think it over. And, uh, sorry, I just told the chat and said skeleton made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've taken a month away from it. I've talked to some other friends about it and I've been trying to get like a, like, I know what my big idea is. I'm just trying to get the right beats to it. And I know 
I'm trying to figure out what that next step is in the game, you know? How, how do you fight against that? Good question. Jeremy, do you want to start or? Sure, yeah. Uh, so I think I in our test call, which you can listen to on your favorite podcast provider, uh, I did a slight answer to this question uh, before that I think is really useful. So, you know, uh, I actually also have a devlog. Anyways, <laughs> two methods that I like to use to like help my brain to reignite. One is uh, I found this, this was off of an ADHD forum that my partner is a part of where they talk about the Pomomero timer. Essentially the concept is that uh, uh, it's 25 minutes on, like typing, writing, whatever you're doing creatively, and then five minutes off. And then after four rounds, it's a full 25 minutes off where you just step away and not do anything. Basically the idea behind it is that your, your brain is running and you have to you have to pace it. If you try to like go in for three hours staring at a blank document, you know, try to imagine going running for three hours straight and just like not taking a break. It's the same concept. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, Pomodoro. Thank you, Will Yokes, for correcting mm-hmm. me because I hate it means, remembering names. <laughs> it means tomato. So you could say tomato timer if you wanted. Tomato timer. <laughs> um, the second thing is that your brain might also be hungry. And what I mean by that is that it lacks inspiration to sort of like pocket away for another day. So I often like whenever I find that my brain is like not operating with me and that has happened very recently, it's mainly because I've not read a book on the subject matter I'm writing about or read another game that does similar things for what I'm trying to accomplish, right? Because at some point you can take delineations from almost anything you're researching. So looking up pictures or art or watching a show or film or listening to music and just like, you know, your brain's hungry. Your brain just doesn't have anything left to give. And it's uh, it's mainly because it, you haven't fed it anything to keep in the reserves. Okay. That's my yeah. answer. I would, yeah, I think that's a good start. Um, I think one thing I would say is I think, I think you're on a good track to, you said you kind of like walk away for a bit and then come mm-hmm. back to it. I think that's a great thing in general. Like you can't force it. Um, you can't force yourself to get it right immediately. And if you need to walk away, like that's fine. Uh, and one thing I do there is, I mean, I don't think I should necessarily recommend it, but I just have a ton of projects that I'm working on at any given time. So like if I'm trying to work on the one big one and I'm stuck and I don't know how to move forward with it, often just like saying, I, I can't deal with this today, but I can work on this other smaller one today. Mm-hmm. Just the act of doing the creativity on something else, often I will end up getting an idea that like will unlock the next step in, in the bigger project. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is to just try to play it. This is another thing talked about in the, in the not real episode. Um, <laughs> if you can get a group together that you mm. can be upfront and say, Hey, this might suck, <laughs> but let's just try it. So I can see why it sucks. Cause it's like, I'm intuiting that it's not going to be as good as I want it to be, but I don't, you, you might not know exactly why it's not going to be as good as you want it to be. Just playing it and, and running into those blocks immediately will help you like figure out what to do next. Cause if you don't, if you just know non-specifically something needs to be fixed here or added here, but don't know what, like just jumping in and, and 
mm -hmm. struggling through it could help you get there kicks the brain brain problem solving brain on yeah i often do that in my head like if i'm not actively at a computer trying to write something if I'm like lying down trying to go to sleep or something like that, I'll just <laughs> start. Healthy. I'll just start playing a work in progress game in my head, and then I'll get an idea on how to fix it, and then I'll put it in my phone and hopefully deal with it tomorrow and not stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do it in bed, but like play through it in your head. Like imagine yeah. what it's actually like to to do the thing. If okay, I'm... gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also, kind of weird side question. Do you guys ever have like a shit ton of ideas hit you all at once when you're in the shower? <laughs> uh, yes. I, uh, I have a whiteboard in my shower for that very instance. Oh my God. That's really smart. That's brilliant. Yeah. Does that, how does that work? I just leave it like in the, like in the drier back portion. Okay. Just like, like on the upper top section. Yeah. There. So just, uh, it'll get wet or whatever, but like it's wet erased or uh, not wet erased. That's don't do that. <laughs> that was the first part I bought. Bad idea. Uh, but yeah, just something to like, I, I don't ever trust my brain to remember shit. So <laughs> as I pointed out Same. several times today with names, uh, <laughs> So I try to write stuff down and then I get fleeting notes into like a database thing on my computer. Cool. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Do you have anything to plug? Um, I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ice cold brew doing a dark souls playthrough. Yeah. And also can't plug my partner stuff cause she's doing great work and I think more people should go check her out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she is twitch.tv slash hilarity. You can also find her on Twitter at hilarity art. She just uh, reached 1920 followers, so she actually put down an art piece of her icon in 1910s clothing. It's nice. really good. It's really, really good. Go check out her work. Is that? Can you spell that out? Because I, yeah, I can think uh, of 12 ways to spell the word you uh, said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there. I. Oh God! I can't type today. God. Cool, so that's H-O-L-L-A-R-I-T-Y for those listening in an audio medium. Yeah. Or hilarity art. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Follow. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Have a, have a great rest of your day. Uh, you too. Last call. Very special last call coming soon. Uh, there's only one remaining in the queue, and that is friend of the show, Nevin Holmes. <laughs> As if anybody hasn't been friend of the also, show. Also, thank you to everyone who's stuck around for the overflow time. It's been very appreciative. You're all wonderful people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we want this to be an hour, but I I don't know when to close the queue. <laughs> I don't know how to say learning. goodbye. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun. Hello. Thank you for calling the Tabletop Call-In Show. Who are we talking to? Uh, hi. Hello. My name is I use uh, they, he pronouns, uh, long time caller. I've never listened to this show before. <laughs> That's good energy. Just call in. Never listen. Honestly, I, I love that. Call in. Yeah, don't listen. I'm, I'm don't engage. Gonna... <laughs> I'll just call you on Discord throughout the week. <laughs> just say, hey, don't forget this one. <laughs> All right, what's go what, what's going on anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just saw Vid calling me out. That's a little much. Um, first off, I want to say this show, uh, this show rips. Y'all are killing it. Uh, yes, I love the energy. Um, 
good deep cut there. Um, so, what I want to talk about, or ask about, rather, is uh, genres. Uh, a, a cursed word in every single medium that it's in. Uh, but I find myself thinking a lot, especially lately because of a project I'm working on, um, I find myself thinking a lot about what makes a genre in an RPG, um, and also, side question, if you could make a genre piece, like horror, sci-fi, something like that, in the medium, or see more people do that genre, what would it be? Yeah. Are you looking at, okay, it's me. So the, You made me go so, first the last three times. <laughs> Look, I just I want mean, to make I have, sure. I have answers. I'm, you're going to go first. I'm just here to make sure I'm not talking over you every time. It's why I make you go first. Uh, what can you say? Any, I forgot the question already. Genre. <laughs> <laughs> what you're asking the wrong person to remember a question. Oh, the question um, was <laughs> how how do we use genres in games? If I'm correct, and then the secondary because everyone gets secondary questions today. <laughs> if you yeah. could make a uh, a specific genre piece of content, what would that piece be? Or yeah. if you could see more of a oh, genre yes. represented in the medium, because like we we get fantasy, we get sci-fi, we mm -hmm. get there's so many things that we get so much. Mm -hmm. What's something that you wish we saw more of? Yeah, that's a great question. This is a great. This is a great two-parter. Yeah. Each part greater than the last. Uh, <laughs> so what what would I want, or what do we do? How do we fucking, how do we do <laughs> <laughs> genre? This is what happens when we reach the 70 minute mark. Yeah. Uh, so genre is very much tied to like the mechanics of the game. Like mechanics are the biggest tool a game designer has. Obviously, this feels obvious to say, but it's good to say it like the mechanics of the game and like when you do certain when you actually engage with the mechanics is how you do the best job of or have the easiest job of, of evoking genre because you can write in your like flavor text all you want that like this is this is a horror game but then if your horror game has no mechanics that like make you scared <laughs> or like no no mechanics that that push on that. So an example would be like 10 candles is maybe the only horror game I've actually played, but like 10 candles has two things that evoke horror. It has 10 candles that go out over the course of a game. And once they're out, everybody dies mm -hmm. and it has a, a dice pool that is equal to the number of candles that are around. So as the candles go out, you're less and less likely to have control over the narrative and thus the fate of your character. Um, so those two things like no matter whether the author said like, this is horror, this is going to be scary. This is about dwindling resources. Those two things immediately like put you in that space to tell a horror story. Cause you're in like you, you are mechanically bound to be in a dark room playing only by the light of candles, which like that's good shit. Um, so like there's, you, this is another thing that, like our first question, you could probably do a whole podcast on this, trying to like piece together 
like genre of the week. Here's how you do this type of genre. Here, here are some games that do this type of genre. Here are the type of mechanics that you can push on. But like at the end of the day, it is just for me at least like a, a big mechanical thing. Looking at each piece of your game and like figuring out how does this apply to the genre I'm shooting for. That makes sense. Were you yeah. anywhere with that? Is that anything? Yeah, yeah no, I get yeah. it. I, I get it, and I totally agree. Um, for me, so there was a book that I read uh, last year or the year before when I was doing the NaNoWriMo stuff, uh, see, full circle. It's called Story Grid, and it's by Sean Coyne, uh, who runs title or no not title boxing uh black black irish irish boxing it doesn't matter anyways in the book when he talks about genre see we use genre as like a categorical database to point fingers at something and say this is a horror something this is a fantasy something and he actually kind of does the reverse engineer of it and talks about how genre is a toolkit that helps people um find that categorical point so an example would be in like the horror genre instead of saying like oh we stumbled across this film and as we watched it we discovered or projected onto it that's horror that's not necessarily true in the book in story grid it talks about what are the elements that makes a horror game or excuse me in this case it's a horror film or novel but for us we would analyze like what are the necessary pieces to get the point across that this is horror and do we have to uh, obey those things slash what do we subvert about them so like in horror there is always a monster that is stronger than the protagonist and the monster doesn't have to be like a literal monster right we've seen horrors where the monster is a human being who murders people we've seen horror movies and thrillers where like um it's not a physical uh entity but a uh, singular entity but like a hive mind or an uh, environmental source so it's about analyzing it's when it talks about novel and film what are the conventions of that genre and what are the obligatory scenes that you need in that genre that you have that you have to analyze and if you want to change them or not so you know to subvert them that tells the viewer that this is what the genre is. You have to tell the viewer what the genre is by using this tool set. And I think that was powerful for me because um, I, I it was always hard for me to like make a story. Like when I was GMing games, when they said, yeah, we want to see more horror themes. And like, I don't know what that means because I don't know what is required of horror. But when I stumbled upon this book and learned that they're just toolboxes with tools inside of them, it's like, oh, okay, I now see that like, okay, if I'm gonna have a action movie, I need a moment in which the hero has to sacrifice or something like that. Or in a horror uh, story, I have to create a moment where the hero is the victim of the monster in some way. And that's like the climax or whatever. So I view genre as tool pieces to use to get my point across and then you know talk about how we how do we make that into games it's like what sort of mechanics does your game care about or does that genre care about right when we talk about like um i'm excited to have ava on draw your dice in the near future i think that she is a osr mastermind and i'm really excited to learn a lot from her so I, i'm about to say something that i may not know a, a whole lot about but i feel like osr has like a lot of high lethality uh, components to it that care about like 
resources and rations and torches and dark and light and all this and all these extra pieces um and those are things that like tell you that a game is an osr and then you as a designer have to decide okay how do i subvert those things so i go to the nitty-gritty and care about every gram that your uh fucking gold coin weighs and that's your carrying capacity or do i make like a grid inventory box that's just like a puzzle game for you to take stuff out of the dungeon right that's the subversion of that same exact thing so that's uh that's my answer for the genre thing and then the piece i would like to see probably more of uh again ava has an article over on cranial damage i don't remember the name of the blog off the top of my head i'm sorry ava uh but there's an article that had an interesting sentence about um what is hip-hop fantasy and i'm currently like trying to figure out what that is in my brain thank you it's in the chat uh permacrandom blogspot.com dot blogspot.com for the podcast you are i'm sorry i was really close to the mic on that one too so i was really <laughs> trying to read it so sorry everyone's ears uh, permanent cranial damage thank you permacrane dam dot blogs dot com yeah cool uh what did you say the one that you want to see more of what you just said that hip-hop fantasy yeah perfect i want to see comedy awesome. i want more comedy games comedy is mm-hmm. hard to do yeah for some very understandable reasons <laughs> right yeah because i mean y'all let's... ever played a uh, cards against humanity I wouldn't even know where to begin trying to write a comedy yeah. game. Uh, but I maybe no. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm funny enough for it. You're funny. Yeah, sure. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it takes a certain Hello level cheesy. of. Oh, yeah, good. I was just gonna say, I believe Hello Cheesy Twenty Two is Ava, and D and D is a comedy game. So ha, <laughs> she did it. <laughs> Never. What uh, what genre do you want to see? Mm-hmm. Um, I always have to turn the question around. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, whatever genre the first Tron is, like it's uh, it's it's kind of mm. like an adventure, but it's it's very like slow and considered, and has a lot to do with like exploring a world. I mean, it's an isekai, but it's a specific kind of isekai. <laughs> um, I'm I'm super here for like tron shit not just aesthetically but tonally i think it's got some really cool stuff going on and horror Mm. i love horror i'm working on horror it's good it's good it's good can't wait to talk about it nevin oh i'm stoked (laughs) (laughs) 70s sci-fi but star killer fish says tron 70s sci-fi like 2001 space odyssey slow yeah 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 that stuff i'd consider 2001 a horror movie but you know can't let you consider it that, Nevin. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Is it? You don't have to. get it. Do you get it? Uh, the other genre, <laughs> I guess, I would like to see, which is why I'm working on it, is stuff in like the post-revolutionary space, which can be a little more hopeful, a little more, because we do a lot of post-apocalypse in this uh, tabletop world. Solar punk, solar punk. So yeah, solar punk is cool. Uh, just anything that was like, yeah, we made, we started to make a better world. Here's a game about like actually making it mm-hmm, could be, like mm-hmm. good. Um, 
and forcing players to think about what that looks like and yeah. really heavy handed shit. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm making. Inspire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Nevin, what do you have to plug for us? <laughs> uh, so many yeah. things. Uh, I'll start. I'll uh, I'll start with Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, myself and Chris Fassett are working on a hack of this Discord has ghosts in it. Uh, it's live on Kickstarter right now for 15 more hours. We just hit our first stretch goal. Uh, it's called Kitchen Nightmares. You can find it at bytes.rip/nightmares. Um, Bytes.rip/nightmares. Um, and a medieval night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and if you wanna if you wanna see that played, you can watch me slowly degrade. You don't get to see my face, but you can see me slowly degrade over four hours if you look up the Roll Plus Bond YouTube or Twitch channel, where I played that was like, nightmares for so long. And that's just that nightmare so with a K, nightmare yes. with a K. Yeah. Oh, oh God, that was so good. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Fork20. You can find my games and hire me to write for your games at Nevin.Games. Um, and I'm also going to go ahead and uh, plug my wife's stuff. You can find her on Twitter at DinoBerryJam. She's a freelance graphic, uh, graphic design and layout and visual artist who's starting to dip her feet into the TTRPG space. That face. I'm excited. Starting to dip their toe. Yes. Oh, yeah. She is ex She is extremely good. Yeah. I say this entirely unbiased. Everything she does blows my freaking mind. I, I've seen Melting some stuff. Face, it, it, it looks pretty good. It's pretty good. And by pretty good, I it's mean good. real good. All it's right. good. Well, thank you, Nevin, for calling in. You uh, you should be receiving your I called in on the first show badge. Ne probably never, but... I'm going to sell it. Make <laughs> <laughs> like 20 bucks off of that. That's all you think we're worth? <laughs> Just sell us an <laughs> NFT. <laughs> good, good exit. All right. Uh, that's the cue. Everybody's gone. We've done it. Uh wow i what a first episode mm -hmm. <laughs> whether or not it has a value that decides how good it was i can't you're, say you're running out of steam here aren't you <laughs> no no steam running out I just you know great show everyone i loved all our callers today. thank you to all the callers if you're still here uh watching and listening uh had a i've had a blast adam yeah. have you had a blast i've had a blast love the support Everybody who watched, listened, I really appreciate it. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Because mm -hmm. there's a world where Jeremy and I could have had this idea and then streamed to nobody and just sat here like this for Is, up to <laughs> I would, one hour. I would have pushed up. Like I would have been working out. Yeah. <laughs> Same time. Maybe that'll be next episode. I just work out while we answer questions. You just I'll type that into the ideas for episode. special episode <laughs> workout, workout episode do yoga with me while i answer questions <laughs> <sighs> my breathing will be fucked yeah i just really breathing heavy into the mic yeah. just what everybody yeah. wants yeah. uh which i already did thank you thank i can't you know i can't stress enough how how thankful i am we are that everyone was here chatting and i had a, I had a great time me too 
we'll be back next week, uh, same time, 4 p.m. EDT, because we've just switched. I have to redo the graphic. Because <laughs> we are no longer in standard time. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the raid button. So go watch a little bit of this puppet show. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is weekly. This is weekly. Yeah, <laughs> this is. We've done this to ourselves. We've committed to at least an amount of. We won't disclose how many we've committed to yeah. with each I other. Want to but, say it out loud and kiss that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to try to do this often because it seems fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, they're running a rerun. Oops. Should I not raid? Should I raid? Okay, yeah, I'm still gonna do it. Okay. Raid. Follows, follows. Here, yeah, follow, follow the channel. I probably won't stream anytime soon. Anything else, but like eventually, I'm sure I'll do some other stream, one off. But Sundays at four, my time, our time, we'll be here. Have a great. We live together. Oh, I'm behind you. Thank you, everyone. It's been great. <laughs> See you later. Black us out. Yeah. Break. Hurry up. Here's the bad music.